Well, the Razorback football team had their spring football game thing inside of the practice facility on Saturday, and we had some takeaways from it, which we're going to dive into. Also, Sam Pittman apparently has a contract update. Is he signing? Is he not signing? We all know he's signing. And Arkansas once again owns LSU, as is tradition. This is the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend as uh, spring, uh, spring practice is not officially over, I guess, but still it's getting closer to the end. I know spring football had some people intrigued about what all went down in that game and you know what we can actually take away from it, which we'll dive into in just a little bit because uh, I know that uh, I have some thoughts and opinions on the matter. Um, and let me be clear about this first and foremost, folks, before you start uh, you know going in the comment section and making fun of me for it. The idea of spring practice is important. The idea of watching spring practice can have its moments. But at the end of the day, it's spring practice. There's a lot of things you can't take away from it. There, there's like If a player looks bad in a scrimmage, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. If a player looks great in a scrimmage, it doesn't mean he's a great player. So just keep that in mind whenever you're watching or reading or looking at or whatever these practices and just know that it is not something that's just solid, concrete. This is the way it's going to be when it comes to spring. Now, again, I have some updates, so maybe that sounds a little hypocritical or at least some thoughts and opinions of my own. That's fine. But I'm just telling you that just because I'm saying it here, and if it doesn't equate once the fall comes around, you can't come back and be like, oh, oh freezing hot, cold, cold takes. Where are you at? You know, these people over here said they were going to win a national championship. Don't do that. Uh, so, anyways, with that being said, uh, I'm going to give my thoughts, but let's go ahead and hear from Sam Pittman and his opening statement about how he felt like the spring game went and some of the things that went along with it, too. It's hard, you know, because uh, I, I thought it went well for, you know, roping off the end zones and, you know, we had to get the ball back two minutes. We had to turn it back around, you know, because you couldn't obviously go into, um, into the fans or into the parents and recruits, but um, I thought it went well. I thought we got accomplished. We we had a couple of injuries, I think, but neither guy that was got beat up a little bit had anything to do with the live tackling, you know, so it, we practiced in there quite a bit. So, uh, so we came out fairly well. I didn't think we particularly threw the ball well or anything of that nature. I thought the kids protected pretty good and, and – um, think our runners ran hard, uh, but it's thud. So it's, you know, it's just a different, you don't have an opportunity to break a tackle or, or tackle a guy and knock a ball out. There's just a lot of different things, but I think we did the right thing, I guess is what I'm, I feel like we did the right thing. So he's basically saying that with the practice that moving it inside due to weather concerns was, was hard, you know, and there's some things that they wish they could have done, but and he also mentioned thudding, which, by the way, thudding, for those of you who are uh, wondering or asking about, is essentially to where 
players can't take other players to the ground. They can still hit them, but just can't take them to the ground because that's where normally the injuries happen the most is while you're being taken to the ground. So it's almost like a hybrid between no contact and contact and full contact, um, which I know a lot of players were, were involved in too. But uh, that was something that was unfortunate with Sam Pittman and, you know, just having to take it inside over weather concerns and everything like that. And also the SEC network broadcast was pretty limited too of, of like how they could do things. It did not look good. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of a weird, weird setup, but they still got it done. And that's really all that matters. And we know also that, uh, you know, the offense, I mean, here's my thing. It's like, you know what you're getting with KJ Jefferson. You know what you're getting with some great running backs. I think Rocket Sanders, of course, he had that big run to start the spring game. He's looking about as strong and as good as ever. Uh, I think people are going to expect big things out of him. And even uh, him and A.J. Green, you know, got a little playing time. But Dominic Johnson, who I still think is the best overall running back for Arkansas, uh, he, has, he hadn't played because we know that he's dealing with that injury and coming off that surgery and everything like that. So, uh, but you know, so offense has been limited, but then you have Dalton Wagner being out with injury. Like you've had guys that, and it's, it's unfortunate because in spring, it's like, you've had guys that you wish you could have playing and practicing and all those things, but you haven't been able to see them because of injury. And then when you can't see them and especially when it adds up, it makes it extremely difficult to try to figure out even what your offense is truly looking like when you're missing one of your offensive tackles, when you're missing one of your key running backs, when, you, when you're missing uh, a few other guys here. And then you go to the wide receiver position. Um, you know, you're, we know you're breaking in a lot more and having some new guys come in. You know, Jaden Hazelwood was someone that, uh, you know, still got that green no-contact jersey, still trying to get into the swing of things. But it's really about, from what it sounded like from Sam Pittman and talking about wide receivers, he really likes Keetron Jackson. He he really likes uh, the Warren kid. And he also likes Jaden Hazelwood. And it looks like those are probably going to be the three guys that you roll with most of the time at wide receiver. Now, they'll spre spreckle in some other guys here, too. And I think that they'll even, uh, you know, with Malik Hornsby, put him in at the wide receiver position a lot. But the, what it sounds like is that those are the three, four wide receivers that they feel good about. And they're still trying to find more. They're still trying to make it work to where other guys can get in more involved. So that is kind of a concern for the offensive. In fact, I mean, if there was a concern, I think we'd all agree that it's going to be the wide receiver position. Uh, offensive line is going to be great. Quarterback's going to be great. Running back's going to be great. I think even the tight end, now that Trey Knox, he, we got a chance to see him out of coming out of that concussion protocol, that injury after this car accident. Uh, and he, you can tell he's bulked up and everything. Like, you can just start to see that, okay, that might actually be the more undervalued position. I think Arkansas, I think Trey Knox is really going to find a stride with, with the tight end position. And between him and Hudson Henry, surely one of them or both of them can be able to, to make the position a lot better than what it was last year. Uh, Blake Kern was fine, but, you know, they need, some, they need some different guys there. And I know that they've recruited well at that position. I know that they're uh, trying to find some, some ways of, of getting guys involved there, but I really think that Trey Knox is gonna is gonna have a have a big uh, have a big impact on that position as well. Uh, now the defense is actually just from watching it, uh, it looked really good. Just when I say good again, meaning it's a practice, spring practice, just looks like they're supposed to be where they're supposed to be. They're doing the things they're supposed to be doing, um, and I know that uh, Torian Carter was uh, was a scary thing because he got hurt in the uh, first part of the spring game went down with a knee injury and like they literally cannot, they don't need to lose anybody there. Now he, now Sam Pittman did say he thinks he'll be okay. 
Uh, he doesn't says he has some type of major injury or ACL or anything like that. I think he'll be okay, which will be huge because we know that they're already pretty thin at that spot on defensive line. But, you know, if you're able to add in Torian Carter, who's been a guy who's been a standout this spring, uh, you have to keep him there and keep him healthy as much as possible. But I'm telling you, like, you got to see Jalen Catalan back into the mix. He was wearing a green jersey, but you could tell he was, he's back in. He, he's looking good. He's looking a lot health, more healthy. Uh, Isaiah Nichols was looking good on the defensive line, too. Bumper pool was doing bumper pool thing. You can tell he, this is going to be his best year, especially if he stays healthy and everything. But the guy that I know a lot of people's eyes were on was about uh, uh, Drew Sanders, the transfer from Alabama, which, again, I'm just basing it off of the, the things that I actually have been able to see. But I believe that he is going to be able to add a new level of athleticism at that linebacker position that Arkansas didn't have last year. And that's nothing against Hayden Henry or Grant Morgan or any of those guys. Fine linebackers. But I think we all understood that there was some limitations there when it came to speed, when it came to that athleticism. And Drew Sanders, just in the short period of time that I've been able to see him, he's gotten to the ball carrier when the, you know when they've gone out to the outside. He's gotten there pretty quickly, a lot quicker than I'm used to seeing. Uh, you, you've seen him be able to, to get physical but also have the speed to go along with it. And I'm hoping that that can be able to kind of take whatever – Hayden Henry and Grant Morgan were able to do, turn it into like a little hybrid, and then there you go. You got Drew Sanders, who's going to be the best of both worlds. So I look for him to be uh, a huge playmaker this year. And we also know that Barry Odom and the type of defense that he runs uh, is going to be very much predicated on linebackers and featuring them a lot more. So there's going to be some tackling. There's going to be some uh, some uh, some records uh, probably, maybe some all SEC caliber stuff if Drew Sanders ends up being all right. But all, all that into the mix, it was just uh, – you can kind of tell that he's going to be he's going to be bringing it and uh, and getting better, and he's going to be a, a fine player and a fine addition for uh, the Razorback football team uh, this year. But that was really all that stood out. I mean, again, it's a, it's a practice. It's hard to say one way or the other. I, I think Malik Hornsby, as much as I like the guy, and I really love his speed, and I really love him coming back this year, I will say that there's a very, very, very obvious reason why KJ is star as QB1 over Malik Hornsby. Malik Hornsby has speed that is not really like a thing for any other team. Like he's got a he's got a speed to him that you can't really replicate if you're another team. And he uses that. But the thing is, is when it comes to him as a quarterback position, <clears throat> I've noticed a lot of times he always looks to run first. Which, again, it's not a bad thing necessarily because that is his strength. And if he can find a way to beat you with his legs, then by all means, go and do it. But on top of that, though, there are times where it's like, dude, I wish you could make another read. Or, dude, I wish you would have been a little more patient. There's a guy wide open over here that you missed. Uh, you can just kind of see that there are those types of issues uh, that he goes through. And not to say that KJ is perfect, but there's a reason why KJ is there. And there's a reason why KJ is QB1 for Arkansas. And there's a reason why KJ is probably going to be all SEC uh, once the season comes to an end. <clears throat> My only fear, though, and this is be if I'm coming with a really hot take, or at least a, a take that's uh, very early and bold to say, uh, Arkansas was very balanced last year with uh, passing and, and rushing. I think it was like 2,500, 2,500, like something right there, uh, at least close to it. Very balanced. I, I don't think it's going to be that way this year. I think that they are going to be so run heavy because of the lack of playmakers at wide receiver 
that I'm not saying that there won't be some balance too, and their their passing game will be just inept. But I think that there's going to be a lot more emphasis put on the rushing game with the running backs of AJ Green, Dom, uh, Dominic Johnson, and Rocket Sanders. Those guys with KJ Jefferson, with some Malik stuff. Uh, I think that that's going to be uh, really the bread and butter of this team this year, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. I'm not saying there'll be enough to passing or anything like that. I'm just saying that that would be my uh, early takeaway from how things are going to go and, and how things are going to look for Arkansas. So, but we'll see. But hey, the, the other big thing was that Sam Pittman talked about his contract. I know that's been something that a lot of people have been interested about. And we'll talk about that more here in just a segment. First, uh, I've told you about Built Bar and the great things that can come along with Built Bar. A great tasting protein bar that's got different flavors to choose from. And it's really easy and convenient for when you're trying to go out and trying to get on the go and all those things too. So I, I keep telling you about it. I'm telling you, I do it every day. I have one every day. It makes a difference for me. It helps me maintain where I'm at when I'm with my health, when I'm trying not to eat too much because it's satisfying. It tastes great. And it just gets me going. And with you listening to this podcast today, you get a great deal as well. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next door. It's as simple as that. Just go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order with Built Bar. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we know that uh, the scrimmage that happened over the weekend, there was my takeaways, and we went through it all. It's really hard to say, oh, wow, look at this, look at that, how great this is, how great that is, whatever. Um, but I think that there was a very interesting development when it came to Sam Pittman, and we know that his contract and the negotiations of trying to get him a raise and extension with the Razorbacks has been kind of ongoing. I think everybody knew that once he hired Jimmy Sexton as his agent just months ago, and people just been waiting on that, waiting on to see what the uh, update's going to be and what Sam Pittman has to say. Well, he was asked about it in the press conference after the practice, and here's what he had to say. Well, I mean, um, I've, I've agreed to what they've offered, and they agreed that when I agreed. So... I don't know what all that means. Do you? I agreed. They agreed. So that means I guess we agreed. How do you feel about it all? Awesome. Awesome. You know, I will tell you this. It's going to have a non-compete clause in it. And and that's about all I'll say about it. until. But I'm glad it does. Uh, it allows us to recruit, you know, there's a lot of different things in recruiting, but one of them happens to be stability. And, you know, they can fire me. I mean, whenever they get good and ready to, but I can't leave, if that makes sense, you know, and and uh, don't want to anyway. So it's it, we're using that. But you have 130 schools. Eight of them have the head coach, their offense and defensive coordinators still there in the last three years is what I read somewhere. So you got eight schools that got the head coach, OC, DC, of 130, the same ones they had three seasons ago. So, or going into their third season, excuse me. So we're trying to sell this contract as, as stability. I think that is 
exactly what I expected to hear out of Sam Pittman once it finally gets done. Um, it's just, listen, we agree to a contract. I'm not going anywhere. They can fire me whenever they want, but I'm not going anywhere. I have a non-compete clause, and he really hammers the whole point of stability, stability, stability. Now, some people are going to bring up the fact of saying, well, he's already said multiple times that this is his last job, that he doesn't want to leave. So why is he having to have a contract with extra money and more years and all that just to have that claim and just to be able to say that he's going to stay there, he's not leaving when he has said it already multiple times? Well, it's because this is um, this just in. All right. So just hang on tight with me here for a second, but just listen to this. This is crazy. But sometimes college football coaches don't always tell the truth. I know. Shocking. Stop traffic. They don't always tell the truth. They'll say, I'm here for the long haul. This is my home. I mean, I, Nick Saban talking about I'm not taking the Alabama job. We took the Alabama job. You know, Lincoln Riley's like, I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU. Okay, kind of true. But I was going to be the head coach at USC. These mind games, these these omitting of facts, of details, of you know, doing spin zone type stuff on it. It's a it's a crazy game. But what does it really give you at the end of the day, though, when you're talking about going into a kid's living room and recruiting or with coaches that you're hiring and talking about stability? What does that give you? What does that help you with? Well, if you're Sam Pittman, it's like, I'm not just saying that, kid. You know, you're you five-star recruit. I'm not just saying that. My contract, what's written in ink that cannot be changed what that says is that i am here for a very 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 long time unless they fire me i'm going to be your coach and so when you have it written on paper and you've been saying it it's kind of like a nice little like uh confirmation of your idea like sam pittman's been saying he doesn't want to leave arkansas and this type of contract confirms that it makes it known it makes it like okay he's not just saying that this is real he actually believes that. And so I think with a peace of mind when he goes into recruits' offices, I think it's a peace of, peace of mind when he goes into coaches' offices and says, hey, you know, this is this is what we're doing. Or if he's hiring new coaches, you know, a lot of these coaches are like, hey, I don't want to come to a place where you're going to be there for a year and get fired or you're going to be there for a year and jump ship or anything like that. It's just a matter of stability. And stability really helps many people involved. And this is the same thing with Sam Pittman. So we'll probably find out more of the details uh, specifically <laughs> about the financial part of everything and you know how much is he making uh you know what how many years is it going to be everything like that we'll probably find that out pretty shortly but as i said before when his contract was coming and his talk was up and everybody was losing their minds and, and talking about his uh viewpoint on everything i'll say it again i do not care how much a coach makes i do not care because at the end of the day, it's not like my taxes are getting raised because we're paying the college football coach more. It has nothing to do with me personally. Because if a coach is winning, who cares how much he's paid? Like, seriously, who cares? If he is winning, like Sam Pittman has shown that he is winning and he's building a program here, why do any of us care how much he makes? It's not our business. And then as long as he keeps winning, pay him as much as he wants. Now, the only issues that I'll ever throw in or have it have with would be buyouts, because I think buyouts can really harm a university and really harm uh, a program for long term 
if it doesn't work out, which we know old Jeff Long was big on those uh, buyouts, especially for Brett Bielema, and then even Chad Morris had a buyout, and there's other coaches in college football that have buyouts. But those are the things that I do not want. I do not like those. I, those need to be low. But when it comes to coaches and how much they make, what do I care if Sam Pittman makes five or six million dollars? What's the difference between that for me? Nothing. And it shouldn't be for you because as long as he keeps winning, that's his job. As long as he keeps winning, it's all we care about. And as long as he keeps winning, who cares how much he gets paid? We'll find out those details, I'm sure, in a bit. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including your, this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball this season. BetOnline is your continued source of sporting wagering, information, and live betting to playoffs, esports, and so much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions at betonline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, a big shout out to the Razorback baseball team as they bounce back nicely after losing that series to Florida and sweeping the LSU Tigers over the weekend in Baumwalker Stadium. Um, there were times where it wasn't perfect, it wasn't pretty, but Arkansas beat LSU, uh, the number 15 team in the country, and they beat them three times and swept them. Now, if you win the series, it's all that matters, but I think sweeping an SEC team, especially a high-caliber one, really stands out because that means it's like, I, you didn't matter who you rolled out there, we still beat you. Our third guy was better than your third guy type of thing. Shows your depth, shows your mentality, shows that you're you're not just satisfied with winning first two games. Like, no, you want to go out there and you want to win all three. And Arkansas was able to do that. But the bigger story, and I've I said this before and did a podcast on it before, and I will say it again because now it's just even more apparent. Arkansas owns LSU. The entire athletic department, Arkansas owns LSU. Arkansas has beaten LSU three times in baseball this year. They beat them three times in basketball last year. They beat them in football last year. I'm pretty sure they beat them in women's basketball too. Like it's point is they dominate LSU and especially in the major sports, they dominate LSU. And like next year in football, it could be, you know, it could be something where Brian Kelly gets it going at LSU. I don't have a whole lot of faith in it just yet, but it could work. But I still think Arkansas would win that game, especially at a home. So if you think, and I, their LSU basketball program's a mess. And then baseball might be, I mean, you, you could be looking at folks seriously. And I'm not saying this just to rev up all you LSU Tiger fans out there, but you could be looking at a serious situation to where Arkansas in the foreseeable future of the three major sports is going to beat LSU at a high clip very consistently. Like, football would be the be the biggest question mark just because, again, we don't know what Brian Kelly's going to do. I still don't see any evidence to believe he's going to go down to LSU and do what uh, Ed Orgeron could not do or, or anything like that. Like, everyone's going to say, well, look at his record at Notre Dame. Just wait till he gets all those five-star players. Okay. It's still the SEC. It's not Notre Dame. All right. It's still the SEC West. So let's see how he handles that first. But he could get it going. Like he could put it together. And then that would be the biggest question mark. But Arkansas is going to own him in basketball. 
Like Arkansas basketball is going to be right there, and he's they're going to own them. And in baseball, I think that's kind of the same thing. Uh, LSU will be a good team here and there, but there's no reason to believe that Arkansas is not going to continue to do the great things that they're doing and, and continue to build their program and build and beat LSU more often than not. And it's just such a crazy thing when you know you you put it all together and you think about it of Arkansas being that good against LSU. Well, it's it's true. It's a fact. And so I I'm just so impressed by the continued growth of the Razorback Athletic Department. And I know that there are other uh, athletic departments and other rivalries or other teams that you want to go after or want to beat consistently or that you feel like you should and, and all those things. But LSU and Arkansas are similar in the ways that both places, it's the biggest game in town, like uh, as far as college goes, because I know LSU and state of Louisiana has got some pro teams. But I'm just talking about when it comes to college, the biggest school far and away is LSU and Louisiana, and the biggest school far and away in Arkansas is Arkansas. And when you have a lot of connections there, you play each other the, the most. You know, in basketball, you're going to play them twice every year. Baseball, you're going to play them three times every year. Football, you're going to play them once every year. You got you got some rivals, you got some history, you got all of that. Everything put together, it's like, it's nice to have that over them. So if they ever go into an LSU fan, which LSU fans can be obnoxious, trust me, I know. But if you ever go up to them or if they ever start talking trash or anything like that, you can just say, Okay, but you guys haven't beat us since Trump was president. You know, like you couldn't, you could just keep going back and just be like, you got, it's been, it's been that long. It's been a long time since you know you you guys have been able to beat us. So uh, keep that going though, and congratulations to the Razorback baseball team. Hopefully they continue to build upon it. But uh, great weekend for them, and uh, they're going to have, of course, another tough task upcoming. Which let's be honest, I mean, it's it's always going to be a tough task in the SEC. So, uh, but halfway th point through. You're number four in team in the country. You have a great lead in the SEC West. Keep that energy going. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.